Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and Fully Loaded Chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast. This podcast series was designed to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters. We cover a variety of topics that will help you become more confident and comfortable in the field while hunting deer. On this episode, the guys break down actually shooting the deer with the weapon you have chosen. They discuss shot selection, what to expect before, during, and after the shot, as well as how to identify specifics like sex and age. This is the moment you have been waiting for. So listen closely. This episode of the How to Hunt Deer podcast starts right now. Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 11. And in this episode, we're going to talk about evaluating the deer, selecting the shot, and eventually making the shot on on the deer that you're actually hunting. We've put all the pieces of the puzzle together thus far. We've put ourselves uh, into a position where we are in shooting range with whatever weapon we've selected, and now it is time to actually pull the trigger or let the arrow fly. And um, for someone who's never done this before, it can be a very intense moment. Um, I still get emotionally fired up when this uh, when this moment comes, whether I'm shooting a, a big buck or whether I'm shooting a, a female doe, it is a, it's a moment where your emotions can can uh, sometimes get the best of you and uh, there's nothing really to pr- how there's no way to really prepare for this moment. Um, Hank, I have a question for you in regards to new hunters that you take through the these new hunter programs what kind of questions do they actually have for you in regards to killing an animal for the first time because that's what hunting is right we're taking the life of an of a deer yeah i mean obviously everyone's curious about you know how this process is going to go down what's going to happen i think it's important to be realistic about you know not every deer is going to drop to a shot, even if you make a great shot. I mean, there's a lot of um, givens to us current hunters. Like we, uh, we've seen it, we understand it, but there's there's a lot of you know questions, and I think the questions are more to themselves when you really get down to it. Um, many hunters go into it not sure if they they're going to be able to take that shot when they're presented it, just if they can pull that trigger on a live animal. And I think it's it's health it's a healthy concern to have. Um, we, I've rarely seen people who, who didn't end up, you know, making the shot. But, um, you know, it, it's nothing that no, anybody needs to push themselves to if they're not comfortable with. And it is a responsibility. Um, but, you know, we're, we're taking these deer to fill our freezer and, and um, you know, and do good by them. So, um, 
it's definitely a consideration, but it's it's just part of the natural cycle, yeah. the food cycle. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, when it comes to a new hunter, um, I'm sure we all have our different opinions here uh, of what a new hunter should uh, should go after, right? Matt, what are your thoughts on selecting uh, an animal to chase as a new hunter? Sure. Well, I think for anybody that's that's starting hunting, you should not limit yourself in terms of expectations of the size of the deer or the age of the deer or the sex of the deer you um, if you do um, that's okay it's not not the end of the world but uh, what you really need is experience yes and um, I think the best first deer to go for is the one that presents the best shot for you ethically you know ethically speaking legally speaking it's close enough that you're confident um, that if you do pull the trigger or release the arrow that it's you have a high confidence level that it's going to be successful. Um, I I would not select too much on that first year. Um, That may be uh, impossible if laws are are of such that you can only shoot certain deer. Right. But whatever's within those confines, I'd say uh, don't limit yourself too much. Get experience actually going through that emotional feeling that, that Dan just talked about. Um, Some people that might be jitters, some people might freeze up. Um, not everybody will experience it, but if you do, I mean, it's a good thing. I, yeah. think, I think feeling that is good. And uh, if you're if you're thinking about too much about what the deer is, uh, that that may add to that kind of roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was just getting into hunting, uh, I had a guy tell me the only way to feel comfortable shooting deer is to shoot deer Mm -hmm. you just it's it's an experience thing the more you do it the more you're going to feel comfortable with it and even today you know after 20 some years of hunting i still get excited every time uh, i pull back my bow on a on a buck or or a doe and i think that's uh, you mentioned something that's really important there matt and that is identifying what deer first off is legal Mm -hmm. and second um and and this may seem pretty basic, but kind of walk us through how to identify uh, maybe a buck or a doe or a, a fawn, maybe size, maybe sex. How do, how do we determine that? Sure. There's some guidelines that you can use. Um, certainly one of the things on uh, I, I try to do every time I see a deer is determine whether it's an adult or a younger deer, like a, a, this past year's fawn. Um, and one of the ways that you can do that is looking at kind of the shape of the body. Um, generally, adult deer will look more rectangular in shape. Um, and fawns or deer for, that were born the previous year are more square shaped. They have more compact body. So body shape uh, is, is one of the things you can look for. Um, another good guideline is wait till there's multiple deer in view. Then you can compare because if you have a single deer in front of you sometimes it's hard to tell even for somebody that's been hunting a long time uh you know if there's brush in the way or obscuring some of the view or the deer's moving uh it is sometimes hard uh so body shape also looking at whether or not there's multiple deer uh certainly if it's a buck we talked about gear in an earlier pod uh, episode of this having a set of binoculars is going to be one of your best friends in this case just because you see a deer come out, I don't always grab the implement that I'm hunting with. Typically, <clears throat> the first thing I grab is my binoculars. Yeah. So I can look at that deer a little bit closer and determine 
whether or not it's legal um, and whether it's a deer I personally want to shoot, but I've been hunting a long time. Uh, so those are things that you, you may want to look at. Bucks can have antlers. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you're going to be looking at the top of the head to see if there are antlers present. Those don't have antlers. So you can determine if it is a longer looking body, more rectangular shape, and it has antlers, it's a buck. Some states and in some regions of states, there might be restrictions on the size of the buck that you can shoot. That's not the case in every state. There's about 20 states that have some type of restriction on the size of antlers. Um, so it's kind of a mixed bag on whether or not it is uh, a legal deer to take in, within those situations. And a lot of that is already determined by the tag you've purchased before you go hunting. So you will know what you can shoot legally uh, with the tag that you've purchased, and that will be a, uh, um, uh, the license, and you'll get help with that when you go to whatever store you've purchased, uh, you know, purchased that license and map. Uh, now, when you're, when you're looking at a deer and it doesn't have antlers, uh, you're thinking, okay, it must be a doe. Um, but does and fawns can look similar. We talked about body, body shape. Another way that you can separate does and fawns, um, if you can't really tell size difference, is what their, what their head looks like, the size of their head, what their ears look like. Generally, adult deer have more of a longer snout. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, we, we teach in a lot of our courses, if you think of a... Uh, larger bottle of soda or pop, kind of like Pepsi or Coke, one of those uh, 24-ounce bottles. Um, It has that kind of long shape to it, whereas fawns, whether they're male or female, have much more compact faces, um, almost more of a square, compact nose. Uh, Ear size is also going to be uh, different. On adult deer, because they've grown into their body and they have those longer faces, their ears actually look moderate to small compared to the body but especially in whitetails uh fawns male or female will have enlarged ears they almost look like think about a a a puppy uh, that has really big paws he hasn't grown into his or her paws yet their ears are almost oversized and that's another good way to determine whether it's a not a whether it's a fawn or if it's a adult doe there are, as far as I know, no state where it's illegal to shoot a fawn. So just because it is a deer that's probably six or seven months old, you won't get as much meat off of it, but you can legally harvest it. Yeah. And uh, I will just add this. As a new hunter, I my experience was uh, not the same. And I wish that I had someone tell me this when I first started hunting and that was just shoot deer. Don't worry about antlers. Don't worry about age. Don't worry about sex. If it is legal, shoot it right the the first time. And and that's going to get you more comfortable, um, you know, in this process of becoming a a deer hunter. And uh, uh, there's, there's no other feeling like it. So now that we've, we know what we're going to shoot, a deer steps out. And what kind of questions, Hank, do people ask in that moment of truth when they raise their gun or they pull back their bow and it's time to let the, you know, do the deed? Um, You know, obviously they're concerned about, you know, does the deer need to be calm, alert? You know, what if it's looking at them? Um, You know, best shots are typically when the deer doesn't realize anything's going on they're not alert just you know it's best if they're going about their their regular business but you you don't want them moving you don't want to shoot at a running deer 
um, it's important to kind of make sure that you have a clear line of view, no obstacles in between you and the deer, um, and that it that it's it's mostly staying in one place. Um, you know, one thing you got to be aware of is is how far is that deer from you. Um, you know, depending on whether you're archery hunting or gun hunting, you have different effective ranges and. And so you have to be cognizant of that. They do make range finders today. We didn't go over that in the gear, but there are laser range finders that people use to give them accurate yardage distance and stuff. But you need to kind of build that skill of, of being able to tell how far something is, you know, just by looking. And, and a range finder can help back that up. But, um, you know, I wouldn't recommend people get take long shots. You're going to get deer close to you eventually. I mean, it happens. And um, it happens every year, practically, that I'll have a deer come right under my stand. But there's no need to rush a shot. There's no need to take long shots. There's no need to shoot at deer that aren't giving you, uh, you know, the correct angle or their, you know. So, so that that's kind of jumping ahead. But you know, when you're when you're really getting to selecting your shots, um, broadside deer are typically, you know, how you want them to be standing. Um, and that's kind of what we advocate for is, you know, don't shoot at a deer that's, that's not standing pretty much broadside to you, meaning that they're 90 degrees turned away from you. Um, and, and, and make sure that you have a good shot. Um, if we want to get into shot placement, we can go straight into that. But, um, you know, we advocate. There, there, you'll hear a lot of different hunters and talk about a lot of different shots you can take on deer. And you can kill a deer by shooting them in, in many different areas. But we really only advocate for the heart-lung shot. Yeah. And we can get into some of those other shots, and, and you'll hear hunters talk about them. But that is the most ethical you know, shot opportunity. It has the largest target that it will be lethal. If you pull your bullet you know, three inches left or three inches right, up or down, you're still going to be in a lethal zone that will, yeah. will take that deer um, effectively and quickly and the most humanely. And, and that's really, I think, important is people need to realize, you know, if you're questioning this, this deer lived a better life than any, any you know, livestock that you're putting in your freezer. And, and our goal is just to make an ethical and good shot and not make, you know, that deer struggle or anything like that, but, you know, take it ethically and quickly. And yeah. so making that shot is very important. And I think a lot of that uh, has to do with patience, mm-hmm. right? We don't want to rush the shot, and but at the same time, we don't want to wait too long for an opportunity to pass. I think it's very important uh, in, in a time like this to take a couple big deep breaths, wait if the deer is calm, if he's uh, he or she is walking uh, by you to just wait, take some time, make that ethical shot. Now, in regards to deer biology, right, Matt, talk to us about what actually kills the deer. In terms of... Uh, like ha- the shot. Yeah. Uh, Hank mentioned it, we want it broadside. Why do we want it broadside? So by aiming for that target area of the heart, lungs... Um, by by cr- creating trauma or basically putting a, a, a your bullet or arrow through that, um, you're going to very quickly um, create a situation where the deer is not going to either breathe or they're not pumping blood to the rest of their body. So um, they die as quickly as possible. Um, that's the most vital. It's the quickest way to to uh, dispatch a deer. 
Yep. So let's explain this to him if we can. So you got that deer standing broadside. Um, you know, those heart lungs, if you go up the back of the front legs. Yeah. You know, so if you're looking at that deer, if, if you go up the back of the front leg and about halfway up the body, depending on halfway up, a third of the way up the body, uh, that's exactly where you want to place that bullet. If it's perfectly broadside and, and, and shoot straight through the deer, you got it. That's one thing you have to think about if you're in an elevated stand or whatever. You need to think about if you were pushing a pin through that deer, where would that bullet travel through the deer? And Where would it exit? Where yeah. would it exit? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's really what. But if you were on level with that deer, um, you know, again, up the back of the front leg, halfway up the body, you yeah. should hit the lungs and a lot of those uh, veins that are going into the top of the heart. You, you would not want to, if the deer is facing you, so it's head on, not shoot. That's a low percentage shot. If the deer is facing away from you, so you're looking at its hind end and its head is pointed away, that's a low, low percentage shot. Um, if the deer is what we call quartering two, so it looks broadside, so the deer is standing sideways, but is angled a little bit towards you um, in either direction, that's a low percentage shot because you're looking at the shoulder and there's a lot of bone there that would be protecting the region that Hank is talking about. Um, if the deer is quartering away, so it's broadside but facing away a little bit, that's actually still a pretty good shot. Um, but broadside is what your, your goal is um, because you are assured the highest surface area of looking at the heart and lungs. And I've been thinking about something, Dan. I was kind of, when you asked me about that second ago, my brain was on the don't wait too long, but don't hurry at the same time. My, my, my thought there was you're always, you're going to have another chance. Yeah. You know, tell yourself, and I tell myself now, Yeah. you know, just if that deer walks away and you never see it again, I'll still have another chance at another deer at some point. Yeah. You you don't have to force anything and uh, you don't have to feel uncomfortable. So if you're getting really jittery um, or it's feeling rushed, just take your time. Um, yeah. Don't you're, again. We're talking about the life of an animal here, so you don't have to rush it. I yeah. mean, mistakes happen. You've um, already put yourself in the position to have an encounter with a deer anyway. That's a win. Yeah. You know, for a new hunter, and you're going to be able to do it again. And the other thing I was thinking about was when we we're talking about range to deer and being effective. Um, you know, I personally, this comes with experience. You just said, you know, twice um, you had advice at some point yeah. to just shoot deer. And through, through that experience of actually taking shots, when you feel comfortable, um, you know, you can practice and, and it's important. We talked about practicing and feeling proficient with whatever you're hunting with, but that does not emulate hunting scenarios. Exactly. Um, but I know from experience that, I mean, I can shoot my bow at a certain distance in my backyard practicing, but when I'm in a tree stand, just through mistakes, I mean, honestly, through mistakes over the past 20 years, um, I have a personal distance that I know I'm not going to shoot past a certain distance. And there may be the best deer that I've wanted to go for, and he's five yards past that. I have learned to tell myself I have a personal comfort zone. Don't push it. Yeah. Because I would feel worse not shooting and killing that deer and, and making a mistake so it's okay there's gonna there's gonna be other chances if i if i miss an opportunity with that deer um whatever it is buck doe it doesn't matter 
there at some point, maybe not that day, but maybe that day, another yeah. deer is going to walk through that trail and you're going to get a chance. Yeah. And I, I will say this, that on, on, uh, we've, we've sat here and we've talked like you have to have this pinpoint accuracy shot to kill a deer that those vitals, that vital zone is actually pretty big and you can be off a little bit to the back or a little bit to the front, high or low on your shot placement and still kill the deer, right? It's still going to die. Um, do we want a perfect shot? Yes. That's what we train for. That's why we practice with our weapon to make us proficient. But even if we are a little off, there is still a lot of area within a deer's body that the arrow can go through or the bullet can go through that will kill it. So, uh, and I think that's a surprise to some people yeah. is that it actually goes through them. I know yeah. that I've taught, had that conversation with the folks and say it actually comes out. Say, yeah, it actually, if it's if it's effective, yep. it's going to go through the deer and come out the other end. And we'll get we'll talk about this in the after the shot episode. But that exit is one of the ways that you'll use to find the deer because they don't all fall right there. You might have to track it, um, and we'll discuss that. Yeah, and. Um so we, we've kind of talked about in this episode, we've kind of talked about identifying the deer. We've talked about waiting for it to be calm or trying to get it broadside. We've talked about the biology that, um, you know, ends up, you know, we want to aim for the heart or the lungs. What happens? And, uh, Hank, maybe you can answer this because we've all been there from personal experience before a bad shot something happens the deer moves maybe we flinch the deer is jumps gets nervous whatever we take the shot anyway and we don't hit that ideal spot what kind of advice do you give um the people that you're that you deal with well um you know as you spoke of you've got that pie plate where you know if you hit anywhere in that pie plate if you're taking that broadside hard lung shot you know it should be a lethal shot but it does happen um you know Believe it or not, recovery rates of deer, whether people are using archery or guns, is, is about, you know, even. Uh, guns may skew a little bit. But, you know, the vast majority of deer that are hit are recovered by hunters. And, um, you know, in that moment, it's it's easy to get worked up, uh, you know, and to kind of um, just kind of get lost in, in the chaos of, you know, just I thought it was here, where was it standing, that kind of stuff. But... Really, um, if you think you made a bad shot, which we'll we'll get into more in the next episode, but um, you know, give the deer some time. Don't you know? Don't rush out there, and be very diligent while you're still in the stand. You know, think about where that deer was. Identify like it was near that tree. Um, you know, and 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 take a note of how the deer reacted to the shot. Um, but you know. You, you will, you know, hopefully take some time, take all that into consideration, and then look for blood. Yeah. I can, I can guarantee you pretty much every hunter, at least at this table, has, has made non-lethal shots and deer were not recovered. Um, and most hunters have. It happens. Uh, and it's, uh, it's not trite just to say that. I mean, we all, it's very, for most hunters, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to come to terms with, and it makes you try to be better the next time. But whether this helps the process of thinking through this or not, deer are really tough animals. Yeah. I mean, surprisingly so. They're, they are built to survive, and there are a lot of deer that may have been 
shot and we can talk about some of those examples but um by a hunter and they end up surviving and uh, their pain threshold seems to be insanely high yeah um they are able to sustain such such things but you know that's there are going to be situations where you may not kill the deer um and it's just wounded um and maybe we're just trying to make ourselves feel better but they survive yeah and there are deer walking around with with that have been have been shot at and uh they seem to make it yeah so from a biology standpoint we've talked about you know aiming for the the lungs the heart right and i know this is kind of a loaded question but i think it's important that we talk about it right now and that is how long do deer live after they get shot well the after the it depends on where where the uh shot is placed but I think on average, um, heart-lung shots deer live less than one minute. I mean, they're 20, 30 seconds at most. Yeah. Um, uh, that that's, sounds like maybe potentially a long time to somebody, but they, thinking of, they die. Animals in the woods die. They, they're going to die from car accidents, predators, and other things. Um, there's really no diseases. There's no other way that death is going to occur to an animal like a deer faster than a minute. Um, harvesting them, unless they're hit by a car um, and killed on on uh, on moment. Now, that's rare. Most deer yeah. sustain a lot of damage getting hit by a car, and there's a lot of other suffering from that. So it's it's typically 20, 30 seconds with the shot in those in those vitals. Um, there are other places that you ac- if you accidentally hit the deer. Um, in the liver, in the in the um, abdomen, so it's going through their guts. That it can still kill the deer, but it lasts longer. a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same way with the front end of the body, right? We have all those uh, veins in the neck and uh, uh, the throat and all those things. Those are all damaging shots. Again, we don't aim for those places, but you know, it will it will kill the deer. So, kind of wrapping up. I mean. We, we talk about the per- perfect scenario. We've shared I- examples of, hey, just because you don't hit it right where you want it, there's still a good uh, chance that that deer is going to die. Uh, we've gone through the, um, the the process of identifying the deer and shooting it. Is there anything else that we need to cover in this episode that's going to ensure uh, uh, the, these new hunters to, uh, I guess, stay calm in, in this time or, uh, I don't know, uh, I, I just get I just get real excited in this moment, and experience uh, is a lot. But is there anything else, Hank, that we need to cover in this in this episode? You know, I would just reiterate. You know, on shot placement, you can go online, YouTube. I mean, we we even have some shot placement videos. But get yourself familiar. Like, look at a diagram. Look at where their vitals are, just to make you That's more great comfortable. Point. Um, there's some great resources out there, and I'll also reiterate that you'll hear of other hunters shooting deer in other areas or other positions, um, you know, head shots, neck shots, that kind of stuff. We, we don't advocate those because if you, you don't have that leeway of making a little bit of a mistake and you can really maim a deer or something, yeah. if you make a bad shot on one of those or, or a non-legal shot. So again, you know, that's why we're advocating for that broadside hard lung shot, giving them their best chance, but get online and look at some resources. My, my final thoughts on this is, uh, we mentioned practicing in real world scenarios so try that try to if you're going to be hunting from an elevated placement try to shoot from that um 
I do this, I tell myself I don't need to shoot. Like literally, it's a mental thing. So as the deer's coming in, just say, you don't need to shoot this. You don't have to do this if you don't want to. And it helps me calm down because I do get excited. So that, that's another piece of advice. Um, and I think finally, just don't, don't hurry. Um, you know, you, you can, you'll have other opportunities if, if, uh, if you wait. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to find out more information and utilize additional resources, visit DeerAssociation.com slash Hunting 101. There you will find links to the YouTube series, Guide to Successful Deer Hunting ebook, new hunter sign-up sheets, and Deer Hunting 101 courses. Additionally, you can listen to more outdoor-themed podcasts at SportsmansNation.com, on iTunes, or anywhere you download your podcasts.